Today's podcast is brought to you by Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast. What's the best way to help you and your finances thrive? The answer can be overwhelming with all the financial misinformation out there. Fortunately, you can turn to Nerd Wallet's objective finance journalists to set things straight and help you make smart decisions with your own money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning for my tax bill so I don't dread April every single year. Managing finances with a partner without causing a breakup. Putting away more money for retirement since I'm not going to do this podcast forever. Sorry, folks. And also boosting my credit score since good credit is like a real-life cheat code. Saving for an emergency fund because life is like a good movie. It loves a good plot twist. The nerds also explain the real impact that the latest financial headlines could have on your life. Weekly financial check-ins with smart money help you spend more time doing what matters and less time worrying about what doesn't. Let NerdWallet's trusted experts untangle today's web of financial misinformation. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Bulldog fans, rodeo season is here. I tried the Dixie National Rodeo. Get ready to roll, man. And uh, I remember being a kid, that was like the biggest highlight for us. My grandmother would get us tickets every year. And me and my brother would wear our cowboy outfits. We'd put our boots on, have our chaps, our vest. And we'd go up there. And just in case one of the cowboys got a little bit scared to get on a horse or a bull, we were willing to do it. Yeah, for sure. Guys, boots aren't just for going out to a country western bar and doing a little boot scooting. Maybe you got a little Texas two-step in your game. Tacovas can make you look better than ever. Absolutely. And here's the deal, too. That's the thing. The versatility of Tacovas is you can wear them somewhere nice or you can live life where you don't go gently. That's what Tacovas does for you. Yeah, it's a rugged, handsome boot. It's my favorite boot brand, and it should be yours, too. Be sure and check them out. Tacovas believes in Western for all people, and you can feel that when you go into their stores, when you walk in, you'll be greeted like family, offered a boot shine and a drink and maybe even an adult beverage if you prefer, and you can get custom-fitted for a new pair of Tecovis boots. You can get custom leather stamping or branding, whatever you need to make it feel somewhat individual. Look up your closest store at tecovis.com. But if you can't make it to a store, Tecovis delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And you know what, partner? Point your toes west. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the Magnificent Monday edition of The Yard. A little bit later than I expected. I had a couple of things. I was, a couple of things broke, you know, as we were kind of getting this whole thing together. Uh, the first of those being Keaton Thompson. Keaton Thompson has re-entered the transfer portal. Not, ex- not a surprise to anyone. We absolutely wish KT the absolute best, and uh, he will be finishing up his degree this spring, from what I understand, and will be eligible to be a grad transfer, making him immediately eligible to play this coming season and uh, still have two years of eligibility left. So good on you, Keaton, for working hard and getting your degree and uh, working hard to get it done in time where you can kind of get out and be a part of a new program. Uh, It just didn't work out. You know, it's one of those things where – it's not anybody's fault. You know, Keaton signed on with Mississippi State, looking to kind of be eventually the heir apparent. 
you know, in the Dak Prescott, Nick Fitzgerald line of quarterbacks at Mississippi State, he signed on to play in the Dan Mullen spread option offense. And then the offense changes. And, uh, you know, it's one of those offensive schemes under Joe Moorhead that just didn't fit Keaton's skill set. It's not to say that Keaton's not a good quarterback. It's not to say that Keaton's not capable of uh, understanding what's asked of him, but it's just a matter of a skill set. He just did not have, you know, the vertical passing game as part of his arsenal. And I think one of the things that makes KT great is his ability to make people miss in space. He needs the run-pass option. He is a true dual-threat quarterback, and my hope is that he will find a school that will enable him to uh, to utilize his skills to the betterment of his ability and uh, really, really wish him the absolute best. But uh, that is now official, long, long rumored and expected, but he is now in the transfer portal. So that's kind of where we are with that. So, Again, wish him the best, and there will be some people that'll come out, and you know, in these uh, in these social media groups, and they'll say, "Oh, we've got another transfer." I- anybody that looks to try to pin this on Mike Leach and company is uh, just looking for a way to be miserable. I mean, as simple as that. You're just looking for a way because this is Keaton is a guy that uh, has been wanting to transfer for for almost a year, and he came back last year. And, uh, you know, had a shoulder injury. That's one of the things that, you know, people don't really talk a whole lot about. But he got a little bit banged up, you know, in a scrimmage. And uh, took him some time to get healthy. But he hung around, finished his degree. And, uh, and now here we are. So this is something that has been really in the works since Dan Mullen left. When Tommy Stevens got here last year, you know, we all knew that Tommy Stevens wasn't being signed to come in here and hold a clipboard. And he fit really more of what Joe wanted to do. I know the hope was, you know, with the coaching change and bringing Mike Leach in, that, that Keaton would have the ability to to work with the coaching staff, learn the scheme, and compete, you know, have a clean slate with everybody else. But without the benefit of the spring uh, and the fact that you've got another grad transfer coming in, I think KT kind of sees the writing on the wall. So, again, we wish him the best. No hard feelings whatsoever. I hope wherever he goes, he he has an all-American type career, does not at Mississippi State's expense. I want to thank our good friends at Bulldog Burger Company, longtime sponsors of the show. Really, really enjoy working with them. Great people, great business folks, great menu, great service, great pricing. Bulldog Burger Company, uh, one of those places that's kind of unique with Starkville. We have now expanded you know, to, uh, to Tupelo, so there's two locations to serve you. Let me remind you, if you haven't taken advantage of that family special, you should do so tonight. That's four Bulldog Burgers. That's the actual Bulldog. Four Bulldog, the signature brand burger. The four Bulldogs, four order fries, and a gallon of sweet tea for $29.95. What a great night off for mom. And, and more times than not, if you get kids, this is going to turn into dinner tonight and lunch tomorrow because the portions are so incredible. So give them an opportunity to serve you. Again, that's Bulldog Burger Company with two locations in Starkville and Tupelo. Bulldog Burger Company, the place where people go to meet, M-E-A-T. So let's get into, uh, I wanted to get into uh, this new commitment. We had a new commitment over the weekend. D.E. linebacker Sam Prospect Thomas Davis. And I have spent some time watching film of him today and collecting some information as best I could, to kind of give you an idea what kind of players Mississippi State getting. So we have not given him a ranking yet. I suspect he will be 
probably a mid-level three-star because he is a, a bit of a tweener. That's the thing that I look at with these guys. Now, in a 3-3-5 defense, you can kind of get away with that sort of things because this is a guy that doesn't traditionally fit in the linebacker-type role or defensive end-type role. He's a little more of that hybrid-type player. Not quite as long as uh, the Sam linebacker prospects that we've had in years past. I mean, you know, he's not Montez Sweat or even a Gary Green. He's uh, he was six two and a half or so, two hundred twenty three pounds. And so let's kind of work through some of the stuff here, just because I think you guys should know he is from Lowndes County High School out of Georgia, right out there in the old stomping grounds, Valdosta. Forty seven tackles last year. Not a lot for a linebacker. And I'm, I'm going to get to that and explain why when we get a little deeper into the information here. But 47 tackles, 16 and a half for loss, and 11 sacks. The main reason why that his tackle production is not what you would expect from most linebackers, because SEC linebackers as juniors, most of them are up around 100 tackles or so. He doesn't play a lot of linebacker. Because of a team need, he essentially lines up in a four-point stance and pretty much a five-tech. And so he's playing defensive end, but he's not in a three-point stance very often. There are times they kind of flex him out in a seven-tech occasionally, you know, in like third and long type plays. But as a part of a base defense, he is playing a traditional defensive line position despite being six two and a half and 223 pounds. But he uses that speed. And one of the things that impressed me, is that he has the ability to play on the inside because there are a lot of guys, especially these high school defensive ends, they want to get at a seven or even a nine technique and just kind of outflank the offensive tackle and get as far away as they can to kind of avoid contact and then use their speed to get to the quarterback. That's one of the things that, that kind of differentiates Davis, I guess, from those type of guys is that he doesn't have an aversion to contact. He's okay kind of using that spin move to work back to the inside on the interior line and then shoot the A or B gap and go in there and just kind of blow things up. And so he utilizes his speed. Now, it's going to be a lot different, but he's going to play differently. He's not going to be in a four-point stance. He's not going to be on the interior. He's not going to be you know inside the offensive tackle more times than not. He might be you know straight up with the tackle on some plays. More times than not, he's going to be in a two-point stance, standing up at the edge of the line or dropping back in a coverage. Now, he says that he does some of that now. However, all the huddle video that I've been able to find on him, I don't see him dropping much in the coverage. And so there's a couple things that I'll tell you. It's one of the things that I've learned about evaluating prospects. It's not just what's there. It's what's not there. And so clearly he is a guy that is very skilled at pass rush because just about all of his clips are him shedding the block or just out quicking an offensive lineman and getting into the backfield and recording tackles for loss. There are times, of course, when he can't quite get there and he's able to use his length because despite the fact that he's 6'2 and a half, he's really, really long. He's got a very interesting wingspan. And when he can't quite get there, he has been coached well enough to know to get his hands up into passing lanes. There are times he bats the ball down. Other times he forces an incompletion, and in some cases an interception. He is a very punishing tackler. He will drive the quarterback into the ground. But I didn't see a lot of things him dropping in, into coverage. And uh, so he is very interesting. He's very intriguing. Uh, he's one of those guys, too, that when you when you watch him play, when you see him line up on a line, it looks a little bit peculiar. You see that guy and you think, oh, man, that guy looks a little undersized to be pairing up with those offensive guards and offensive tackles. 
but yet he finds a way to knife in there and go make plays. And so it's interesting. Uh, my my concern right now it's just it's really it's always the unknown. Foot speed. What's his actual foot speed? The only thing that I could find is uh, some self-reported times that were on on an NCSA recruiting profile, and those are again all self-reported. And he may have some Nike times out there, and that's one of the things too that uh, really has a lot of our coaches in the dark is without the benefit of the Nike Camp series and Andromeda stuff out there is you don't have a lot of objective third-party times to find out how fast these guys really, really are. But he self-reports a 4.6, which makes me think he's probably 4.7, 4.8. That's a concern. Um, but, again, that's not knowing what's factual. You know, he might get out of here and burn up a clock because he might be even faster once he learns to actually run the 40 because a lot of kids don't know how to run the 40. They don't know how to get out of the blocks. They don't know how to start. They pop up too soon, that sort of stuff. A lot of them need to go spend some time with their track coach before they go to a combine. But uh, so self-reported four six forty and self-reported four four in the shuttle, which in his position really shows change of direction. So I don't think it's a bad time. I'd like it to be a little bit higher. And uh, self-reported two thirty in the bench press. Now um, those numbers, of course, we expect to get higher. But uh, with those measurables, you know, those are one of those things you look at and say, okay, this has got to be a guy that we like a whole lot or we wouldn't take him this early. Because there are going to be a lot of guys out there that run a 4.6 and bench 230 that are going to have better measurables than this. But one of the things I like about this is the guy that's coaching him, or will coach him at Mississippi State, Matt Brock. Matt Brock, very involved in the recruitment of this player. And so if Matt Brock is going to coach the Sams, and I had a great Q&A with Matt last week, and you can read it on Gene's page for free, where he talked about what he looks for in a recruit, if Matt, if this is the guy Matt wants, then this is obviously a guy that fits what we want to do defensively. And so I always like it when they have an opportunity to get those guys, especially early on, because you don't take commitments this this early unless you're 100% certain about them. You just, you just don't do it. That's just not how life works. I mean, there's no way you would take a kid in April from out of state unless you knew for sure he was exactly what you wanted. And so I feel confident that Matt Brock knows what he's looking for in a Sam linebacker. And again, Thomas Davis not ranked just yet by 247. We'll get him ranked. But uh, several offers, several offers, Mississippi State, of course, being the largest of those. Let's run down the list here for you, just, just so you know. Offers from Cincinnati, Coastal Carolina, East Carolina, Georgia Southern, Kent State, Middle Tennessee State, South Alabama, Tulane, and Tennessee was kicking the tires a little bit. So this is not one of those guys that's going to make or break you in the class. And you look at it and say, you know, well, Steve, we're you know we're the only Power Five, and, and that's true. And Georgia is a highly recruited state, so, you know, everybody out there has probably seen him. But uh, this is one of those things when you look at it, you can say, okay, all right, all right listen, i got to put faith in my coaches right here. Because of the fact that they know, they know their scheme, they know the personnel, they know what they're looking for, and so you go out and take this guy. But this is not a guy you look at and say, "Man, this this is the difference maker in the class." He may ultimately prove to be a very, very good player for Mississippi State. And one of the things that we have seen over the course of time, especially when you look at the Dan Mullen years, is we got value out of the bottom half of our class. There are a lot of coaches that have come to Mississippi State before to sign some headliners. And if the headliners didn't pan out, it was a it was a dreadful class. 
But you go back and you look at those years when, you know, we had guys like Preston Smith, who was a two-star, who's now a multi-millionaire in the National Football League. And you had Jamie Ann Lewis, who came in here as a two-star, uh, one of the better athletes to ever come out of Tylertown High School, and then uh, sets a, li- a Liberty Bowl record for receptions and yards uh, in a game. You know, and so when we got our, we definitely got our scholarship money out of guys like Jamie Ann Lewis. But my point being is that if we're going to have great classes, and I don't mean necessarily on signing day. In hindsight, if we're going to have great classes, we got to get value out of guys like Thomas Davis. Thomas Davis got to come in here and be an impact player. Doesn't have to be on the on the cover of the program guide to earn his scholarship money, but he's got to go out there and be productive. And when you look at his film, and, I, and I'm encouraging you to do so, you can go read his comments about why he wanted to commit to Mississippi State, why now is the right time. You can read that for free over on Gene's page. Just right there, Paul Jones had a great article over the weekend. But you go read that, and you kind of find out what his uh, his value system looks like. You know, this is a guy obviously that uh, has been sold on the opportunity at Mississippi State to to be a productive player. But um, in order for us to take the next step, we can't have a lot of misses in the bottom half of the class. And so I've told you the things I like about him, about him, and I tell you the things I'm a little bit concerned about. And the the main thing that concerns me is foot speed because once I think once you see him run then uh, you'll see that uh, he can play a little bit. But I, I want to see what he does on the clock. Because in this league, if he's got to get out there and cover the flats, there's going to be some guys out there that are going to run a whole lot faster than a 4-6. One of the things, too, that kind of stands out to me, and I missed this earlier, is balance. There are a lot of those guys that they get out of their stance and they fire off the ball and they shoot a gap and then they run right by the quarterback. The quarterback sits up in the pocket or just takes a couple steps over and then they, they run themselves out of the play. If you watch Davis, he doesn't do that. He has really good change of direction. You can tell he has good balance. He's just one of those guys, once the quarterback begins to move in the pocket, he kind of adjusts his path to him, and he's a finisher. Now, that's one of those things when he gets his hands on you, because, again, I mentioned he's got that great wingspan, he will drive you in the ground. So, I think again, I like the, I like the pick. I, I like the offer. I like taking him early. Uh, but I'm a little concerned about – the unknowns. What about the foot speed? Because in this league, again, uh, you got to be able to run. This isn't just about guys that can line up and, and shoot a gap. We've got to have guys that can run, especially with all the spread offenses that we're going to see. So uh, with the commitment now, Mississippi State has six verbal commitments for the 2021 signing class. The process has slowed way down, way down. We pick him up. So we're uh, now 32nd in the country nationally in recruiting. And then uh, number six in the SEC. And so this is, again, this is a guy I think you can look back in a couple of years and say, you know what, we kind of knew what we were doing. But it's all going to depend on him and his ability to develop. But the, the raw materials are there. And, again, one of the things, too, that really impresses me about a guy like this, there's so many guys out there that just want to rely on their quicks. They just want to be able to kind of rip and run and get by the tackle and then hopefully, you know, flush him up and make him step up into the pocket into containment. But this is a guy that uh, despite being undersized against the players he lines up against, he's able to to play on the interior. It just doesn't happen very often. And that, that stands out to me. I mean, I, I really like that about him. So uh, we got a lot to talk about today because I want to get into some draft stuff today too. But uh, I want to give you my. Well, go ahead and give you the top ten list, okay? And this is a different one. I've got. I had a couple friends of mine say, "Hey, you know, Steve, listen. When you start talking about '80s metal, I kind of fast forward to the top ten list." 
Well, we're going to talk about 80s metal, but not today. Today, I want to talk to you about um, the top 10 things that I miss in Starkville during the global pandemic. These are the top 10 things that I think about when I think about the quality of my life in Starkville and the things that I'm missing out on. And I don't mean these in a negative way. I share these with you to kind of pay tribute to these people and businesses and that sort of stuff that I normally get to frequent, that it's just different. It's one of those things, you know, I want to support these people as best I can, but it's one of those, it's just different when you can go in and sit down. And it's one thing I miss the most about life in general, about normal life, is being able to go sit down at a restaurant and have somebody wait on me and, and handle the drinks and just be able to sit there and enjoy time with friends and family. I, I miss that among, among so many things. But here are the top 10 things about Starkville uh, that I miss. Top 10 things about Starkville that I miss. Uh, number 10, I, I miss the cheesesteaks at the grill. You know, the Central Station Grill. You, you, if you've been to Starkville, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, you can get the pepper jack. You can get mozzarella. Love those cheesesteaks. I love how they bring them out. It's one of those things when you when I bring my, my kids to go eat, they don't last long, but everybody loves them. So I miss those cheesesteak those cheesesteaks at the grill. And uh, one of the first places I plan to go once we have some normalcy again is right back to the grill. Number nine, I miss uh, I miss Book Martin Cafe downtown. I miss going to see Miss Carolyn. Uh, they have been so great to me. I have launched both books at Book Martin Cafe downtown. I, say, I love our downtown area here in Starkville. It's, it's very small town, but the, the shops are so great. Uh, there's occasions gift shop downtown. I mean, there's just, you know, Curio. There's so many cool places downtown. But I love going to, to Book Martin Cafe. Miss Carolyn treats me far better than I deserve. And every time I go in there, they'll say, hey, Steve, we just sold some more of your books. And so-and-so came in and got your book. And you never know who got your book. And uh, they make me feel really special when I go in there. And I miss being able to go in there. I really do. Uh, the number eight thing is I miss going to press conferences. And I don't know that I always say that, but I always, I'm nosy, so I enjoy being around things as they develop. I kind of like to know what's going on. I want to be able to share with you guys what's going on. And so I miss that, but also I miss my friends. You know, I miss being able to go up there and, and uh, you know, and visit with, with Ben and, and uh, Tyler and Brian and, and Joel and everybody. It's always interesting to see what everybody has going on or what they're working on. And it's just different when we don't get to see each other. And this time of year is baseball season, so we see each other, you know, some days uh, four and five times a week. And so it's been it's been weeks since we've seen each other. And uh, so it's different. It's just different. And it's one of those things, too, you can always count on, you know, living here and working the beat, is that there's always somewhere to be and something to do. But usually about one day a week we don't have either a press conference or a ball game to cover. And uh, I miss that aspect of it. I miss knowing where I've got to, what I've got to do, and where I've got to be. And and uh, I certainly miss every bit of that. And I, I hope that everybody's doing good. Number seven on the list is I miss going to Strange Brew and being able to sit there with a friend and just to be able to catch up and talk about life. I, I, I miss that. I mean, it's one thing to go through the drive-through and uh, and to order a large hot dude, and that sounds really weird. But it's the best thing going, and uh, I go in there, and that's usually what I order, you know. And I always joke with the uh, with the baristas. I said, "Hey, don't tell anybody. I don't tweet that out or anything. I got a reputation to protect." But uh, but I love Strange Brew, and I love eating and shopping local, 
And so when I have friends that come to town or passing through and, and uh, they want to get together and say, hey, listen, don't have time for dinner, but let's go grab a cup of coffee. I say, yeah, cool. Meet me at Strange Brew whenever you get to town. I miss that, that part of it. I really do. Uh, number six on my list, I miss the drives to school. And I don't know that I would have always said that. But, uh, you know, I've had my girls are in college now. And so all I've got is my youngest here at home and he's not driving age just yet. And and uh, it's about a 20-minute drive to school for us. And so most mornings we uh, we listen to 80s metal. And I'll turn him on to somebody different. I'll say, hey, you know, listen, when I was in school, you know, my freshman year or whatever, this was a really popular song. I mean, my friends and I love this. And, and, so, and some days we listen to Extreme. Other days we'll listen to Warrant. Sometimes we listen to Dokken. Sometimes we listen to Rage Against the Machine. But uh, I think it's good parenting to turn them on to uh, the, the songs that we used to listen to and kind of talk a little bit about life and, and that sort of stuff. But I miss those drives to and from school. I miss being able to spend that quality time where we're just kind of captive. You know what I mean? When we don't have TV and social media kind of been interrupting our times. But I do. I miss those drives to school and look forward to those. We're not going to have any more this year. It kind of hit me yesterday. I probably won't have to get up very often unless it's for a radio interview around 7 o'clock anymore until, uh, until September. So that, I'm kind of glad about that. I don't miss the alarm clock, but I do miss that time. Uh, number five, I miss being able to go to Dave's and Rick's and Hobie's. Dave's Dark Horse is the best pizza in town. I always go with the uh, the cracker crust, the thin crust. I always go that way. The flavor can't hide from you there. It's great. Uh, I miss going to Hobie's. Every time I go in there, it's like going to Cheers. You know, I, I really do. I miss those those crowds, those regulars, and sometimes I'd even get up and sing a little karaoke. One of the things I miss about Rick's is I got so many pool tables that I can go in there and I can just shoot. You know, everybody else can go in there and dance the night away, and I can just go in there and shoot a little bit of pool with some friends, and and the day is done. But I miss that aspect of it. I miss being able to get out to our local watering holes, even though that I don't drink. I don't mind watching you drink. I just like to kind of get out and blow off a little steam. But I, I miss those places, and I hope that everybody is doing okay and that they survive this and looking forward to having some normalcy in that regard too. Uh, the number four thing on my list is uh, I miss going to Bulldog Burger Company and having a spring rolls. It's one of those things too, and I kind of mentioned it earlier in the show. It's like just the experience of having somebody to wait on you and take care of you. You know, that's – you take all that for granted when you get to do it all the time. But it's so nice to have somebody else prepare the meal, to be able to go out to eat and have a great experience at a great place. And, uh, you know, listen, we've, we get Bulldog Burger around here regularly, but it's just a little different. You know, you miss the atmosphere and just the whole, the whole hey, let's all get together and let's all let's meet up at Bulldog Burger. I mean, sometimes I think the only time I would see my girls is uh, is when I offer to feed them. You know, say, hey, let's, uh, they're both students at State. So I'm like, I can't talk them into coming home and eating, eating spaghetti, but I can always get them to meet us at Bulldog Burger. So I miss those times. I really do. Number three is uh, my buddy Jay Yates. We get the text. Jay runs the veranda, of course. And uh, Jay and I have a good time just kind of sitting around talking about music and talking about sports and that sort of stuff. And, you know, I miss being able to go over there and kind of get away from my place. And, uh, you know, hey, I'll, Jay reminds me of uh, sometimes when uh, – we were at the Kingfish in Lafayette and uh, didn't even know each other. You know, it's just one of those great things. It's a great friendship. And uh, I know many of you have friends like that, too, that you say, you know what, listen, because I love and respect you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to maintain some moderate social distancing and not come hang out for a while because I don't want to run the risk of giving you anything. 
And uh, I had a friend of mine tell me earlier, he said, I don't know anybody that's observed a social distancing or quarantine better than you. I know a lot of people that have, but uh, but I get, I've, I'm pretty reclusive anyway during the summer. But, um, you know, my buddy Jay is a guy that will get me out of the house and say, hey, let's go do this. Let's go do that. Because I, I, I'll, I'll stay here from now on. You know, like when they have that meme up on Facebook, when they, the people ask you, hey, could you live here for a year? for a million dollars and with no internet or TV and not contact your friends and family. Uh, many of you have answered yes to that. And I'm going to tell you, don't do that again. Cause I'm going to call you out on it. Cause many of you are, couldn't make it a week. You've shown it, but I do. I, I miss those, uh, those relationships, those friends, you know, the number two thing on the list is I miss, uh, I miss the ball games and not just going to the games. But I missed all of the anticipation of the game and watching on social media and on Gene's page on the, the message boards and the people talking about, man, I can't wait to get back to Starkville. We're going to kill these guys. I can't wait to get back and watch, you know, Justin Foscu take some cuts. And, and we, we feel so great about Christian McLeod and we're going to host the NCAA Women's Tournament again. I miss all of that. Not just, and I hate to say it, I, I kind of miss the traffic in town too. You Because know, you guys bring so much energy to town. And when you're here... It's because something big's about to happen. And you bring so much life to our community. And not just your tax revenue, but, uh, you know, you bring, when you come here, it's like coming home. And we're always glad when Bulldog fans come home. And so I miss going to the ball games. I miss being out at Duty Noble. And uh, I love those food trucks. And every time I go down to the food trucks, there's always somebody that comes up and speaks to me or somebody that, that follows me over there. And, and we sit and visit for a while. And those visits mean a lot to me right now. Because I began to think I would do just about anything to be back out there again, uh, you know, talking about how much better, um, you know, Riley Self is looking this year while we polish off a little packet of, uh, of you know, chicken gizzards. You know, I mean, that just it's the little things like that that mean so much at times like these. And, but uh, the number one thing that I miss is my extended family. I'm sure you're all the same way. And, and one of the things that I'll say, one of the positives is I had probably been in touch with them a lot more. I have probably made the effort because I'm going to have the time. And that's been good because we've, we've had some loss in our family. I've got a couple of relatives that uh, have found out that they uh, don't have long to live. And, uh, and so I don't take that for granted. But it also reminds me, too, of all the times that I didn't feel like making the drive home. You know what I'm saying? And we all deal with that. I know when my dad died, I got really depressed about that. I was like, you know, I should have gone home more. I should have talked to him more. You know, I should have spent more time. I should have went to my ball games with him. But at the end of the day, is it ever enough? It's never enough. It's never enough. But I do miss right now not being able to go, you know, because I've got some some relatives of mine that are up in age that have some health issues, and I would it would be devastating to go and see them and all of a sudden find out that I was the carrier of the virus, and then one of them gets sick and die. And uh, so I'm careful. I'm careful. Um, but I look forward to hugging my mama's neck again. You know, I, I look forward to, to visiting with my stepdad, you know, and he's, he's battling cancer. And so that's the thing about all of this is it's made us all keep each other to distance. And I, I don't like that. But uh, kind of moving forward, there's going to be a lot more of that. Now, there there are some people, you know, that I, I kind of joke about this, but there, there there are some people that I that I hope that they'll continue to to, uh, to keep social distancing for some time. But uh, but by and large, uh, you know, we've all got uh, people that we love and care about that we can't see. But those are the things that I miss. And I didn't, that, that may be a, bit, a little bit too depressing, but, uh, but I don't look at it that way. 
these things, these places and these people have greater value to me through all of this. And that's really what I'm trying to say is that I have learned a new appreciation for many of the things and people that I took for granted in my day-to-day life. And some of these people have been very significant in my life. And uh, I don't know that I have maybe repaid that the way that I should have. And there are some of those things, you know, just something as simple as, you know what, I'm going to go to my favorite restaurant and have my favorite appetizer, and I'm going to sit here and enjoy life with my family and friends. Uh, That is probably something while we enjoyed it, I know for me, I probably took it for granted because I got to do it very, I got to do it a lot. But I would give just about anything right now to be able to go sit down in the restaurant with the people that I love around me and just be able to, you know, to catch up with them on their day. Not have some big, you know, long drawn out family discussion and, you know, things get too heavy, but just to have a regular meal at a regular time with the people that I care about. And so I'm sure many of you feel the same way. Remind you, our good friends at Campus Bookmart, longtime sponsors of the show, Stan Ray, Miss Kathy Brown, the lovely, talented Susie, the whole crew there will treat you like family because in their eyes, you are family. Many of you bought your textbooks there or used their free parking lot, and now it's time to kind of repay them for that and let them outfit you and your family in the latest in maroon and white fashions. So much to choose from. I know many of you are kind of cooped up doing some online shopping. Let me encourage you always, always support your Starkville merchants as best you can. Campus Bookmark, one of the flagships in that respect. You can visit them on the World Wide Web at campusbookmart.net. And by being a loyal Boneyard listener, we'll give you a phrase that pays. That's BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. And that'll get you free shipping on all orders over 50 bucks. Any order less than $50, absolutely incomplete. Absolutely incomplete. Again, campusbookmart.net, promo code BSR. So, Let's get into a couple things here. I don't want to rant and rave about this for very long because I want to get into some draft stuff because it is National Football League Draft Week. Uh, I said on the show Friday that Madison Hayes, Mississippi State commitment Madison Hayes, was unsigned. That That's incorrect. She did sign in the early signing period. Now, there are a couple things you need to know about that. Number one, we would absolutely release her if she requested a release. We're not just like with football. We're not going to hold players hostage over national letter intent because she is signed. Other schools cannot contact her. You know, so so if like if Vic Schaefer wanted to recruit her to Texas, he can't contact her, her mother directly, and really anybody inside her circle of influence uh, and discuss anything in relation to recruiting. That would be tampering. However. If Madison says, you know what, listen, guys, Mississippi State's been great to me. However, the coaches that recruited me are all leaving and going to Texas, and those are the relationships that I have. And while I think Mississippi State's a great place, I want to go with them, we would release her. So while they cannot contact her, if she decides she wants to reopen the process, you can rest assured Mississippi State would grant her a release. And the coaching change thing should just about always trigger that anyway. I mean, just like we did – you know, with Benjamin Key, when he decided he wanted out, we, we got we let him out. You know, we're not going to sit here and say, oh, no, you sign with us. It's binding. It's just a bad look, when, especially when you have a coaching change. It's one of those things, if nothing happens, there, there are some people out there that want to prolong the recruiting process. That That's not going to – you're not going to be a part of that. But when you've had a coaching change, it makes sense. You know, and, and uh, it's interesting, too. Uh, I don't quite understand the daily updates that we have to have 
about former Mississippi State assistants going to Texas. I, I, why, why do we need that misery in our lives? I, I don't. I don't. I don't get it. So, so here's what happened, and and we forget this sometimes because we delude ourselves into thinking that these people are picking us when they're picking a paycheck. Okay, and and again, it's it's doesn't mean that we don't love them, and it doesn't mean that they don't love us, but they're guns for hire. Okay, these aren't these aren't your friends, and I know we tell ourselves that, but they're, they're not your friends. And and six months from now, when you when they don't respond to your direct message, you remember that it's a different deal. Okay, it is a different deal. But for some reason, we've had to retweet every time and post on Facebook. Oh my gosh, so and so is leaving and going to Texas. Okay, when Dan Mullen left, and he went to Florida, he took just about everybody with him. Just about. Not everybody, but just about. Because he's the boss. He's taking them down there and getting them another job. You know, when Mike Leach arrived at Mississippi State, he brought all of his offensive coaches with him and many of his defensive coaches. He hired a defensive coordinator. But by and large, he brought his staff with him. So when Vic Schaefer leaves and goes to Texas, he is going to bring his staff with him. Now, there is one member of that staff that is very important that is, uh, I'm still hearing is going to stay here. Not quite ready to announce that yet. And people are like, oh my gosh, I don't understand. Just relax. It'll all make sense when it's all when it comes out in the wash. But the bottom line is, is that uh, you know we, we for some reason we have wanted to agonize over this and act like we didn't expect it to come. You know when that's part of the Vic Schaefer package is his coaching staff. That's part of the deal. You didn't really think that he was going to leave and that Johnny Harris and him were going to stay here and just work for the new coach, right? I mean, come on. It doesn't make a lot of sense to, to put that in there. And uh, one of the things I want to share, too, you know, along those lines, too, that I, I have read with great interest, and there are some people that will be critical of me for what I'm about to say, and I don't care. I absolutely do not care because what I'm about to say is 100% correct. And I mentioned this yesterday for those of you that follow the randoms on Facebook is there's a difference between reporters and journalists. Much a big difference. Big difference. And there and, and I know a lot of reporters that think they're journalists, and they're not. A lot of reporters out there, and basically they'll just go write you a game preview and write you a game recap and call it a day. They're never going to ask anybody a tough question. They're never going to dig for any truth. They're just going to show up every day and do work a day, and they're going to tell you what happened. And you know what? There is a place for them in the world, and that is great. But one of the things that I have learned when it comes to journalism, and, and, and I bring this up because somebody mentioned some things to me yesterday that I wanted to kind of bring up. But when, when, you, when you interview somebody and they say something that might be maybe a little controversial, it's probably best to reach out to the other party just to get comment. And uh, yeah, I, I remember when we had this whole thing, like after, and, and God rest his soul, but after... Uh, after Bear Wilson and P.J. Jones passed away, you know, there were all these people that, well, Mississippi State's not doing enough. Mississippi State's not doing enough. And then there was this Facebook post, and I don't mean any disrespect to the person that wrote it because I don't know them, but this guy wrote a Facebook post, and he was a former walk-on player, and he hadn't been here in 10 years or so, and says, hey, you know, when I, when I was there, this is what happened. Well, then the Starville Daily News, and I don't know who wrote the report, but the Starville Daily News basically accepts that Facebook post from a walk-on player from years ago as fact and just runs a story about it. Didn't contact Mississippi State for comment. 
just runs the story. So the thing that I always ask is, well, how do you know if it's true? And even if what their experience, if that's the truth about their experience, how do you know that things haven't changed since then? Because we've had changes in coaches. We've had changes in athletic directors. But why would we go run a story without knowing both sides? It didn't make a lot of sense to me. So I say that not, not to be hypercritical, but uh, when you read a lot of this stuff, you know, I think it's, uh, it's a little one-sided at times. And so, you know, I, I've watched with great interest. You know, it's like as things begin to kind of bubble up, uh, there are a lot of people that just kind of write one side of the story. And so just be mindful of that. I, I, don't, want, I don't want to rant and rave about that for very long. But, uh, you know, there's just, I think in many respects, this, the way this thing has transpired with Vic Schaefer leaving, you know, there's a lot of people out there, I believe, that, that want to believe there's something sinister that took place. And, and I've had people contact me and say, Steve, have you heard that, you know, we in trouble with women's basketball? Is Vic running for something? No. No. But people try to wrap their minds around it because in their minds they have, uh, you know, created this narrative that they think, okay, well, well, everybody will just just kind of stay here as the status quo. People change jobs. And other people to say, well, you know, there were some things that this guy wasn't happy about or that person. That's life. I, I would suspect that if I interviewed every single one of you and said, you know what, what do you like most about your job? What do you dislike about your job? We've all got a list. I've got a list. Wouldn't take me long. You know, that's just part of the deal. That's life. Nobody is ever completely happy with that sort of stuff. And I'll tell you this, you know, when we got ready to make the merger from uh, Scouting 247, you know, I had been such a spirited competitor against those guys for so many years. It took some getting used to, but, you know, it's been the best thing that's ever happened to us. It is incredible how much better things are. And despite the fact that there are some things that are better, I'm a critical thinker. And I said, you know what, guys, we could probably do a better job with this. And we could probably do better with this. And you know what? The network could probably do a little better with this. And I think that's that's part of business is finding the areas perhaps where you're deficient. I mean, just today, we made the difficult decision on Gene's page to bring back the political and religious message board. Now, I have been I have always been a guy that says let's keep politics and religion out of it. But what's happened now is you know these political discussions are you know overtaking the board and. Uh, I, I'm not interested in participating, but what happens is that all of a sudden, well, we, it's against the rules, so we delete those threads, and people get angry and say, hey, I'm just talking about this, so we're going to give those people a chance, but also, too, it gives us a chance to kind of move those threads out of the football and basketball forums over to where they can be discussed, so the people like me and you, many of you, that don't care to, to discuss politics, they just want to know about Mississippi State sports, you can do that. And so that's about adapting to the needs of your community. And so, again, I don't want to spend a lot of time on that, but uh, it's one of those things that I think is important to notice is there are a lot of people out there at times that uh, they write things and post things and say things and broadcast things, and they're not friends of Mississippi State. And so just be mindful of that. Before we get out of here, I want to give you a quick little overview. Of, you know, The NFL draft starts this week. And uh, now last year, Mississippi State, you know, had three first-round picks. Montez Sweat, Jeff Simmons, Jonathan Abram. Not going to have any this year, barring something totally, totally out of left field. The uh, the player that most people expect to go first is Cam Dantzler. And I have, I've worked through probably half a dozen mock drafts. And so here is kind of what 
I'm going to run them down for you. Uh, Brian Cole is expected to be a late round pick or an undrafted free agent. Now, he's a guy that really helped himself with the combine with some really solid numbers. But uh, but he's a guy that uh, you know he, he's a guy that you know has had some some issues, you know, and so probably end up on a roster somewhere because they're going to blow people up. But um, I think Brian Cole could have had a huge year last year. Maybe he didn't have the year we expected. Uh, Tyree Phillips is a guy that's very intriguing. He is kind of forecasting by most mock drafts in the mid rounds, you know, like four to five. But I've seen some that have him as late as, uh, as you know, seven. I've seen a couple of them only have him in the draft draft pool. Uh, Chauncey Rivers has been forecast by many as a, as a late round pick or an undrafted free agent. Stephen Gidry is one. There have been a wide range of opinions on him. I've got some people that see him as a mid-range pick, but most people see him as an undrafted free agent. I would probably err on that side to think that he'll probably be a guy that will be a free agent pickup. No, Willie Gay is a guy – Second to third round grade. And there are a lot of people, I have seen some reports, some people are worried about the off-the-field issues. They're worried about the Tudor Gate stuff and that sort of stuff. And you know, NFL people, they're about to invest millions of dollars. They're going to spend a lot of time investing uh, in investigations to find out if this is a good value for them. Um, and so there are a lot of some varying opinions about him. But by and large, most people expect him to be among the first Bulldogs taken. Darrell Williams is a guy, too. Most people kind of see him as a uh, mid-round guy. I've seen some mocks that have him as high as the third, and I've seen some that have him undrafted, which I, I think that's just somebody not doing their homework. Uh, you know, this is an all-SEC interior lineman. He is somewhat limited position-wise, where he pretty much has to be a center, at least in the National Football League. And so he's a great ambassador. He's a great student. And so he's a guy that, that kind of fits what NFL teams want. But the first guy that everybody expects is Cam Dantzler. Uh, it's a, it's a trip to with him. Most people still have him with a second round grade, and I've seen a, some other people that have put a lot of stock in that forty that he ran at the NFL Combine. He didn't run as well as he wanted to, and then he ran at a private pro day and uh, ran much better. But uh, the difference in those those hand time forties and laser time forties is laser times are always going to be a little bit slower because they removed the human element of it. And there's a lot of people, too, a lot of those kids that kind of mess up running their 40. Now, you got to believe this. Cam Dancer's representation would have never allowed him to run the 40 at the NFL Combine unless they knew that he was going to run a good time. They just wouldn't do it because you're not required to do it. There are a lot of teams that go up there and the kids will do any drills. They just do the workouts and they meet with executives and that sort of stuff. But you got to know that Cam's trainer and agents probably felt, you know, he's going to run well, and he didn't run well. But that's not typical for who he is. He's not a blazer, but he's also not a 4'6 guy. And so, but there are some people, of course, that are going to be a little bit scared of that. And so Cam is one of those guys that um, is kind of handicapped by the fact that we're not going to have a pro day. You know, scouts aren't going to be able to time him themselves. You know, they're not going to have the, the private workouts and that sort of stuff. And so... He's kind of stuck in that respect. Now, he'll get drafted, and I'm going to run down some of these mocks for you just because, you know, and listen, mock drafts and 50 cents will get you a cup of coffee at the truck stop. But uh, here are the, some of the things that I've seen. Brian Cole uh, with seventh seventh round pick to Miami. Miami has a ton of picks. Uh, Tyree Phillips, I've seen him as high as fourth to Seattle or in as late as seventh to Pittsburgh. 
I think Big Tyree could make the team of Pittsburgh. We need to tackle. Chauncey Rivers has been mostly listed as an undrafted free agent, but I have seen him as uh, in the CBS mock draft that came out today, seventh to Atlanta. Stephen Gidry, by and large, has been one of those guys, too. I, I saw he was fourth round to Detroit in one of the mocks, but all the rest of them have him out of the mocks. Willie Gay, the CBS draft, has him third round to the Bengals, and you know Tim Lukabu is there, or he was. I think he's still there. But either way, these are guys that will know who he is. Uh, and Willie Gay is one of those kind of guys, too, that, you know, he – I read one of these draft – these mock draft guys' reports and said that he surprised people at the combine. I don't know anybody that was surprised that Willie performed well at the combine. I mean, he is a guy that's going to test really, really well. You know, the, the, the concern with him is going to be, you know, the character issues. And um, and that's just the reality of life, you know, is, is – how many of those teams are going to look at this Tudor Gate thing and say, you know what, I don't care about that. I mean, this is a college kid that cut some corners and he got caught. And there are other people going to say, you know what, hey, we're going to invest millions of dollars. Can I trust this kid? You know, and so those are the things you think about. But game tape, he's got it. Doesn't have enough of it. But when he is on the field, he's a game changer. He really is. And then when you look at his testing numbers, from a physicality standpoint and ability to play the game of football, he is probably the safest of all of the Mississippi State prospects in this draft. He is probably the one guy you look at and say, you know what, this guy could probably play eight, nine, ten years. I think he probably has the highest ceiling of any of the Mississippi State 2020 NFL draft prospects. I've seen him as late as the seventh round of the Raiders. I, there's no way he's still around that late. Just don't see it. And then uh, seen him in the fourth round to, uh, I think it was Denver. Darrell Williams, I've seen him uh, sixth round to the Chargers, fourth to uh, Washington, Washington Redskins. Cam Dantzler has gone uh, second second round in multiple drafts, one to the Rams, one to Miami. Uh, seen him in one as, in the, as a 40th pick in the draft, fifth round to Baltimore. And so the consensus is, like, if in these mock draft guys know about as much about this as you do. Um they're wrong more times than they're right, but it's still something to talk about. And uh, outside of the first round, it really kind of becomes a beauty contest. It d depends on team needs. And so you know, if you want to take the consensus here and say, you know what, chances are you're probably going to have three to four Bulldogs drafted in this draft. And then I think anything above that is just a bonus. I would probably set the over and under at three and maybe take the over at four. Cam Dantzler, Darrell Williams, Willie Gay, Tyree Phillips, I think those four guys get drafted. I think the rest of those guys are probably undrafted free agents. But, again, as you get deeper in the draft, you just never know how these things are going to progress. So, so Mississippi State fans will probably enjoy watching the draft just to simply have something to watch. But we're not going to have any activity on day one. It's not going to happen. There's a lot of great names in the draft this year. I think the first round is, is filled <laughs> with talented players, and it always is. But it's not going to be like it was last year. Mississippi State fans are kind of waiting with bated breath. This is going to be like it was a few years ago where you know we, we have a really good day on the third day uh, of the draft. And so be mindful that, again, I think three, probably four, drafted uh, in the National Football League draft. And I don't think anybody you look at and say, okay, this is a guy that's going to come in and be a game changer, not like a Jeff Simmons or a Montez Sweat or John Abram. No, I just – I don't think anybody has that kind of ability. 
I really believe if Cam Dantzler had been healthy this year and had run better at the combine, he might have played his way into you know maybe early second round, maybe late first round. Uh, you know, Cam's got a kid to feed and, and uh, got to make decisions for he and his family, but uh, I do expect him to be the first Bulldog taken in the draft. And Darrell Williams is one of those kind of guys, too. He's a real, he's a safety pick. He's a value pick as a center. But you don't see a lot of those guys go very, very early. You, you just don't see it, especially a guy like him with somewhat limited position-wise. And so we'll talk a little more about this on Wednesday as, as things kind of come into focus. There'll be some other mocks that pop up. So we'll do a brief update on that on Wednesday. And then we'll kind of look forward to see uh, what the rest of the week brings. But, uh, again, recruiting's going on. Draft stuff's going on. Before long, we're going to be getting ready for the MLB draft. We'll get some parameters on that. Is it a five-round draft? Is it a 10-round draft? And we, you know, We've talked about some of the guys on this show, but who we expect to go early and, and who are some guys that might be marginal draft picks. And then we'll, hopefully we'll have some, some clarity on this Madison Hayes situation. The longer it goes, the better I feel about it. And the Nicky McRae uh, pension machine will just keep on rolling. But um, the longer it goes, I think the better it is. I think if she was going to make a snap decision, it would have been a negative one, and that would have been to go to Texas. And so so this is where we are. We'll see. Robbie Falk will keep you updated on that. For those of you kind of keeping up with uh, women's basketball recruiting, that's Robbie's primary sport on our side. And so he is in contact with Madison Hayes and her mother. And as things develop, we'll have that over there for you. But uh, – you know, again, important to kind of stay up to date on this. And uh, kids, we're going to have sports again. I know it's really easy sometimes to get negative and get down, you know, but the, the reality of it is, is we're going to come back. And I've, I've seen some reports like Greg McElroy kind of agrees with me. We're going to have football this fall, hell or high water. That's how I feel about it, too. And, you know, many of these uh, states are opening back up this phase one rollout. And I don't want to get political at all. I don't want to sit here and offer you any advice or any opinions on the coronavirus because I'm not educated in any of that. But we're beginning to see America begin to take some steps to kind of get back on our feet. Now, what does that mean? You know, we're going to see more infections. We absolutely are. But hopefully we've got some treatments in place and eventually we'll have a vaccine in place. But uh, I expect to play football this fall. I know there are a lot of people out there that will um, disagree. Uh, a lot of it's just kind of safe and sorry. And some people, too, are just, you know, kind of glutton for punishment. But uh I know that your concert promoters want to get back on the road this fall. There's a lot of things that are going to happen, but uh, I, I think the, the days of the meet and greet, you know what I'm saying, where you could pay to go meet bands and that sort of stuff, I think those days are over. I really think, at least for the, the immediate future, and I think these autograph sessions we have with student-athletes, I think a lot of that is probably over for a while. I think that we will have some real distancing from the general public with our heroes for a while just because of the fact that the, you know, we want to limit exposure. And so, but that's where we are. But there is uh, there is some some hope on the horizon. And uh, I'm a person that believes in hope, and I hope that you do as well. But that's going to do it for today. Hope that you guys have a wonderful week. Be back on Wednesday again and uh, kind of get ready for the draft and, and what else there is. And, and, you know, maybe we'll talk a little about this MJ thing. I, you know, a lot of people watched that last night. It was so good to be able to argue about sports. I miss it. Until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we'll make more friends than enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live.